Hey, O. There he is, my buddy, Dr. Ian Smith, TV star, my God. (laughs) (laughs) TV star, yeah. That and 35 cents can't buy you a a thing of coffee at Starbucks. (laughs) I hear you. You're you're overmodulating. I just had to turn you down a little bit. But uh, first of all, man, I I mean, we we talked at the uh, beginning of summer, and uh, summer flew by like nothing. I thought we would do more episodes, but... uh, how was your summer? Summer has been fantastic, man. It's uh, been extremely productive. Yeah. Very restorative. I've had a chance to relax, enjoy the family, uh, a lot of lifting of weights, uh, a lot of watching of Netflix, writing a lot. Oh, my goodness. I wrote so much. this. I wrote more this summer than I've written in two years, probably. Uh, good for you. Uh, yeah, but it's been good. You know, and listen, I'm not marginalizing the loss of life. Right. And the loss of life experience. We don't talk about that, too, by the way, the loss of people's life experience. Yeah. I'm not marginalizing that, but I said from the outset that this was going to be here for a while and that people would probably best be served by being productive during this time rather than thinking about what you're missing out on, think about what you have. Yeah, 100 percent. But it's really hard. I think a lot of people just want their old lives back. And uh, this really, truly is an opportunity to do things differently. But then again, if you're scared shitless, how are you going to pay your bills? Then it makes it very, very hard to get into other things that you've been putting off, you know? Yeah. I mean, but the the idea is that, you know, and this is, this is like a war. This is wartime. Of course. We're at war against a virus that we can't necessarily see with our naked eyes. Right. uh, But we can feel the effects of it. And so in war times, things change. The normal of yesterday doesn't exist and we're fighting to return to some type of normalcy but that means that everyone's got to pitch in everyone has to suffer a little bit uh you know the world's kind of upside down and so for people who are ranting and raving about i want to be able to do what i used to do yeah this has to be like it used to be it doesn't work that way i mean everything from you know people paying rent uh to evictions uh to credit card surcharges to baggage fees on airlines, all these things have to be reconsidered. And what's been very unfortunate, in my opinion, uh, just as a regular American, is that some people have agreed that they will go along with the new changes and others have held fast. And there's just been this kind of this lumpiness, this unevenness yeah. to how we've handled this as a country. Oh, 100%. I, uh, I've said it many, many times, even in when we figure out the coronavirus and we got vaccines sort of uh, around the corner, I want to ask you about that. But the the life that we uh, know so well is gone no matter what. I mean, it, it, it's not coming back fully. You know, a lot more no. people are realizing they could now work from home. A lot of bosses like that because they could save money on their employees. Uh, people, you know, simply don't have to work five days a week anymore. We knew that for a long time. And I think, uh, working from home, um, a lot of a lot of uh, employers are realizing that, you know, so they don't they, they don't have to be looking at their uh, employees in an office somewhere and just, you know, being a slave owner based. Oh, my God, I said that to a black guy. Holy crap. <laughs> oh my, I get your point. I get oh my, your point. Oh my but, listen, God. But, but let me tell you, but let me tell you something. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Here's the deal. The pandemic has really been very instructive for us. Yes. I'm a guy who makes lemonade out of lemons. I look for the silver lining. Yeah. The pandemic has taught us a lot about our strengths, about our weaknesses. Sure. What we need to shore up and improve and what the future may look like. 
things that we don't need that we thought we needed, right. we don't need anymore. Of course. So in some ways, the pandemic has been good for us. It's never good to lose lives unnecessarily. Right. It's never great that people have lost life experience, graduating with their classmates, going to school for the first day, yeah. being able to bury a loved one properly. That, that's life experience that's been lost. So right. I, I'm not saying that that's good. But since that has happened, we have to figure out what are the positives of this? You know, people working five day work weeks, driving two and a half hours back and forth on a commute, yeah. being on a train on a commute for an hour and a half each way. Right. Uh, all these, you know, flying to meetings and staying in hotels and eating out all these things that we thought had to happen in order for us to conduct our lives in a way that brought success. We now realize it's not true. What this shows is our resilience yep. as people, right? Yep. It shows that we're able to adjust. Billie Jean King, the great tennis champion, says champions adjust. Right. So we're champions. We're adjusting. My my bone to pick is that everyone's not doing it, right? And right. so in order for it to be most effective, we have to do this in a unified way. It doesn't matter what, what party, uh, political party you're affiliated with doesn't matter your religion, your age, your race. It doesn't matter. People have to see that this is bigger than us as individuals. This is about us as a planet being able to get through something that is extremely dangerous and deadly. And, and, and basically, it's a disruptor. It's a life disruptor. And so I'm just hoping that all these people who are saying this is a hoax and masks don't do anything. I mean, all this nonsense that makes absolutely no sense. I mean, it's almost like it's almost like a two-year-old yeah. is is giving an opinion about you know physics. I yeah. mean, what does a two-year-old know about physics? Oh so, my God, preach, brother, preach! I right, I, I right? said it uh, the other day. Basically, I follow the scientists, and you say that on social media, and, and they come out of the woodworks. And and the majority of scientists believe that if you wear a mask, you're keeping yourself safe and uh, the people around you safe. And these are the same people that figured out how to grow a human ear on the back of a mouse. <laughs> so I'd rather like listen to them than a dumb politician. And I'm talking about all politicians. All politicians, yeah. And I, I, and I just feel like this is crazy. You don't want me, you know, I'm a pretty smart guy, by the way, well-educated. You still don't want me to run the economy when we're in a depression, yeah. okay? You don't yeah, want yeah. me to do that. That's not my thing. Like, yeah, yeah, 100%. So I'm telling you, don't call me. Uh, so, And I'm not going to say anything about it either because I don't know about it. And so the idea that we've had people who've had no training whatsoever yep. telling us when a vaccine is going to be available, are yep. you kidding me? Yep. Are you kidding me? Now, Crazy. as a doctor, oh my God, there's so much in there. Well, first of all, I want to say that uh, bravo on everything you just said, but unfortunately, we're so divided in this country, and it's such an amazing opportunity if we could get on the same page and see what this new world looks like. I think a lot of people will be really happy what it looks like when it all settles down eventually. Um, secondly, with the vaccine thing, as a doctor, um, the process usually takes what years upon years, sometimes up to like 10 years to get the proper vaccine. Right. And we're rushing this whole thing through what, what's your thoughts on a vaccine? How, how close are we? I know you're estimating obviously, but uh, what do you think? Well, you know, these are the issues we're going to tackle um, in the new season of the doctors. Ooh, uh, 
TV you're a show. TV star. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. Uh, you've known me forever. But no, we're going to. Wait, gonna I want to these... stop you for a second. Uh, yeah. I can't tell you. Uh, we've been friends for a long time, and uh, you got this amazing opportunity. You're, you're taking over for the doctors on, what is it, ABC? I, I always forget the channel. It's, it's different networks, so just check your local list. Oh, okay. So, it, yeah, it's a syndicated show, and it's a, it's yeah. a huge, huge opportunity for my friend, Dr. Ian Smith. And I, you made me so happy that you shared in your excitement with me by texting me and calling me to say, dude, you're not going to believe this. And I really, really appreciated that. Well, oh, we've been friends for a long time. And, um, you know, you know me very well. Uh, and listen, I'm always excited for new opportunities, new challenges. Yeah. Uh, but life is good. My life is very good. I've been very blessed. I work very hard. Right. I love life. I love life. I love my family. Yep. I love my work. I'm passionate about my work. Yep. So when opportunities come to me, I'm very grateful. I'm very appreciative. I'm very humbled. And I just want to deliver. And this show, our theme is take your power back because so many people in the country, by the way, have felt powerless and helpless. And and I, we're going to do it. We're going to have a great show. Ope. It's going to be so big. We got brand new segments. We got comedians coming on to give us a lighter perspective. We got musicians who are going to talk to us, then sing us to break. We got a, a big book club that we're starting. Uh, my new book, The Unspoken, which is on Amazon right now is going to kick off the book club. But every month we're going to have a new book that we choose nice. because words are great escapism from stress. But we're going to cover topics like the vaccine. And listen, let me yeah. tell you something, be honest with you. Yeah. Vaccines, the fastest vaccines have been made typically is like four years. I know. Four years. And so people need to understand the scope and the context of what we're talking about. I'm not saying that it's not possible to do it faster. Right. Definitely when you have so many great minds and scientists and so much money behind it, yes, that can speed up the process. But there's certain things that cannot be sped up. Science takes time to study, to run trials, to make sure not only that it's effective, but that, that there are not side effects. And if there are side effects, what are they? How long they last? So my biggest concern is whether or not because of the expediency that we want it to be here, are we compromising basic scientific core principles? This is a real question. And any expert worth his or her salt, who's a scientist will tell you that yes, they are concerned about whether or not a proper amount of time has been given to allowing the vaccine, whatever the vaccine is gonna be, whether or not that vaccine has been given the proper time and proper study to declaratively say that it's effective. Well, you're saying a lot there. Obviously, the you know the vaccine is very important for a lot of people because there's a lot of money to be made whoever comes up with this vaccine. And the same thing is true with opening up uh, the schools and opening up businesses and opening up uh, sports leagues. Uh, you think they have our best interest uh, at hand. They sort of do, but there's also a, a money issue to all these things, including the vaccine. So are well, they rushing it too soon because there's major competition out there and whoever gets the headline that they got the vaccine that people are going to be able to take with, you know, within a month or two or whatever, that is huge money for a company. Well, that's one of the biggest dilemmas we face as a country. Yeah. We, I know we are a great capitalist society. Right. But we sometimes have to say, Guys, let's hit the pause button for a second yeah. and look at this thing from a landscape view, long view, and think about whether or not our innate almost drive yeah. for yeah. capitalism, yeah. whether or not that is serving us best right now when we're dealing with a virus 
that is killing us by the tens of thousands. <sighs> I love capitalism. Yeah. I love America like anybody else. And yeah. I'm an entrepreneur like anybody else. So yeah. I, I'm i <sighs> all for capitalism. However, there are times when you have to say, you know, I know people I know uh, people want to return, uh, open up businesses. Uh, they want sports to come back. Now, listen, I think the NBA, for example, has done a good job the way they return sports. Of course. I think. I think not having fans is smart. Right. But now you got now you got football season. Right. And now you got some stadium saying, "Well, we're going to do twenty five percent." Yep. Just do zero percent. You're doing twenty five percent not because people can't see the game at home. Everyone can see the game at home. You're doing twenty five percent because you want to make money. Yes. But why is it worth the risk of putting those people in the stands and they go home and they give it? And now we have more hot spots. Everyone has to say, we're all going to hurt a little bit. Right. We're all going to lose a little bit, but right. we'll do it together. And then once this thing is over, now we rebuild. Yeah. That to me is the spirit of America. Look at 9-11. Yeah. 9-11 was a great example of how we all took a hit. Airline traffic stopped, interstate, all this stuff, businesses closed. And then you know what we did? We bounced back, bigger and stronger than ever. The economy came back stronger. Why can't we do it now? Of course. But you know capitalism always wins, unfortunately. I, I liked what you said there. But in the end, you know, capitalism is way more important than uh, the interest of the individual, unfortunately. And you're right. With sports, uh, that's one thing we're not really sacrificing. I mean, if it, you're a huge basketball fan, and certainly the NBA has been exciting. But it's so weird to see them play in front of nobody. But at least we get to see them playing and we can watch it on TV uh, still. So you're right. That is a good sacrifice. It's not even really a sacrifice because you don't really ha- – it's nice to be at a live sporting event, but we still get to see uh, the sport. And with that said, what are they going to do with the NBA? I mean, this thing's going to be over in, what, maybe a week or two. And right around now is when the NBA starts up their season. So is there any word what they're going to do? Are they going to take like two or three months off and then have another shortened season? Is anyone yeah, talking you know, about no one this? Is, everyone's been asking about that, and I've been, you know, watching all the sports talks. Yeah. No one is really saying anything because yeah. I think that, and I think this is smart. They're trying to figure out where we're going to be in two months. Right. I mean, the NBA doesn't want to do this again in a bubble. Like, yeah. you know, for all kinds. Yeah, they got the TV money. They got the TV contracts. That was important for them, right? They got all that money. Right. But they lost. Think about all the stadiums. Yeah. They lost all the concessions. Of they course. lost the door revenue. Of course. All this stuff. So I don't think the owners, I'm this is just me talking. I'm, I'm not an owner, uh, obviously, but I don't think the owners from an economic standpoint really want to open up like this. I think that they want to, if it takes going deeper into the fall, remember basketball's inside. So yeah. it's not like you can't do it later, deeper into the fall or into the winter. Right. But, but I really think that they're waiting to see, will they be able to have people back in the stands, get bodies in those seats? I think that's important. Um, you look at the college football teams, oh, you know, yeah. listen, some of the biggest outbreaks so far have been at colleges, of course. 300 kids, 200 kids. And then they turn around. This is what gets me going. They turn around and say, well, we have safety protocols that we tell the kids to follow their kids. Yes. You expect 18 and 19 nope. year old kids no. who've been cooped up for six months to go back to campus and then respect all protocol outside of the classroom? Of course not. Of course they're going to be partying at local bars yeah. off yeah. campus. You can't control them going off campus or where they're going. And then you sit there and throw your hands up and say, but we have we have such protocol on campus. It doesn't matter, guys. This is the point. 
it's just crazy. It, it, it's absolutely crazy. And I will add this. If uh, we were younger, we would probably be alongside these kids partying and not taking it so seriously. I, I'd like to think I, I'm a better yes. person, but I, I'm only a better person because of age. If I was younger, yes. I don't think I would be taking the coronavirus that seriously. I got a nephew. He got it. He uh, He's 22 years old. He got it. He skated through no problem. I don't know if he infected anybody else in, in his little coronavirus journey. And then yeah. he texts me uh, last week and goes, hey, Uncle Greg, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm close to where you're at. Can I come by with my friend and say hi? And I'm like, no. <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> and, I love, and I love this kid, but I'm like, no. But, but that's how they think. You know, if you're in your early 20s, you're not thinking that seriously about this thing whatsoever. No. And you got no, me started. I the same way. You got me I st- thought the same way. Yeah. I don't blame, listen, I don't blame these kids at all. Honestly, not one lick. They're behaving like kids behave. It's the adults. That's why kids are kids and adults are adults. Yeah. And for and this is crazy. I understand sports. I'm a sportsman. I played sports in college. My whole life I played sports. I get it that these guys want to get back on the football field. Yeah. But for the parents to protest and lobby and say nasty, vile things to the administrators that said we're going to pause the football season yeah. for them to say, we want to play football. Yeah. It's like, we're, we're going to die if we don't play football. Yeah. Guys, hold yeah. on for yeah. a second. Well, right? Hold on. We know, I know you want your kid to get drafted in the NFL. I get yes, it. Yes. I know you want to brag to your, to your friends that your kid is playing at Michigan. I get it. Okay. I get all that, but they weren't closing the season. They were saying, we just have to move the season deeper until we get a better handle on this. And you would have thought that they said that they were going to like, you know, nuke them or something. I, I, it just, it's just, well, all those parents have a lottery ticket in their hand and they're waiting for the numbers to come in. They're waiting to see if their kid is the one that's going to go on to professional sports and make multi-million dollars in endorsements and contracts. But here, we got to be honest with the colleges. They don't give a fuck about the kids. The amount of money they're, they're going to lose if they don't uh, play uh, uh, the season is just incredible. And, and that's what they're, that's their main reason to opening up uh, college football again. Let they, me tell you they, they, know, they know those kids aren't going to be that safe. Of course they know that. Bobby Knight, the great Indiana basketball coach, called it a long time ago. He talked about how much money yeah. is um, in the NCAA and how the money really rules the decisions. You have these schools that are making billions of dollars billions with a B of dollars yeah and i know that schools need money but they're making it on the back of these kids yeah and you know i think that it really the relationship between the kids then they say well we're giving them a scholarship we're giving them education they're not there for that come on most of them aren't come on come on it's just yeah it's uneven it just drives me crazy of course as a sportsman but well, that's that capitalism. Said, that's capitalism for you because that, that'll never that's change. Capitalism. And they have so much money coming in, they could easily pay these uh, student athletes a, a little bit, you know. And and then oh. the other side of the coin, then you got a kid, his grandma dies, and then they try to fly him home for the funeral. And next thing you know, the whole program gets yanked, and the kid, you know, isn't okay. allowed to play anymore because because he took money to go home to a funeral. It's unbelievable. You've heard it's all un- those stories over the years. It's over and over and over again. And I'm just waiting for someone with some ounce of power to step up and say, guys, we got to stop the madness. Yeah. Like, let's think about this. 
in a through a different set of lens. Everyone wants to make money. Not a problem. I'm not saying people shouldn't make money. Right. But the question is, how should you make the money? Should you make the money compromising some kid's health, some kid's future, his family? And then on this case, it's your family. Yeah. Because the kid gets sick. Yeah. He's quarantined, kicked yeah. off campus. He goes home. Yeah. He gets, you know, it's on and on. But anyway. On the show, we're going to tackle all these different issues. Nice. Um, we're, you know, and we're going to really make sure that we give people real answers. Listen, the virus isn't a Democrat or Republican, black, white, rich, poor. The virus is a virus. Okay, uh, it's a biological thing, and the the virus wants one thing: it wants a host. Yeah. And a host is a live body. Yeah. And so the virus can't tell the color of the body. Yeah. It just sees a live body. And so I want to talk on the show on the doctors this season about what people need to know. And my other thing is this, our show is gonna be apolitical because it doesn't matter. I don't care what your political persuasion is. I don't care about those thoughts. I don't want you to die. Yeah. I don't want you to get hurt. Yeah. I want you to live as long as you can because I understand the preciousness and how the fragility of life is. So I'm the kind of guy, I always take the higher road. Like, you know, we don't agree on this, but guess what? I still don't want you to suffer because I'm a human. Yeah. You know, I have humanity. And so I'm just hoping that the show will deliver that for a lot of people and encourage people too. I, I like that. And it's so sad that this, uh, we've, we've talked about this in the past, the coronavirus, It's it's been made political. It's so ridiculous. Fauci the other day is like, no, wear a mask. And then, uh, you know, the unfortunately, it's the right in this case. A, a lot of the people on the right, they're like, no, I ain't wearing a fucking mask. It's like, dude, you could be a Trump supporter and also wear a mask. Both those <laughs> things are okay in my eyes. Yeah, they're okay. It doesn't matter. But it's now been said basically over and over again through uh, the media and, uh, and social media and the politicians themselves. It's like, if you wear a mask, you're not with us. It's like, no. Encourage your encourage your people to wear a mask. Let's all just wear fucking masks, it's please. Crazy. One almost one million people dead around the world. Right, and 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 people are saying wear a mask to prevent those numbers from going up. Yeah, I don't know. You know what's interesting is that when people lose loved ones, right, their tone changes. Their tone changes. And my whole thing is, I don't want you to lose any loved ones before yeah. you, yeah. you know, take some. I don't want you to get hurt before right. you decide that you. you that you want to make a change. And it's not just about protecting yourself. It's about protecting others because so many people, most people are asymptomatic carriers. They don't even realize they have it in them Yeah, and they're spreading it unknowingly. And that's all we're trying to prevent with the mask. So wow, we'll see what happens. We'll see about the vaccine. Um, but I'm excited about the new season. I want to have you on my show, of course, Yes, uh, to come on and chop it up with me. Of course. Uh, and if people want to send me some topic uh, suggestions, please hit me up on Instagram uh, at Dr. Ian Smith, spell the doctor out. Let me know some topics or some great guests you think would be for the show. This is a show for the people. We're doing this show, not what we think you need to watch, but what do you want to watch? What yeah. do you want to hear? What are your questions and concerns? Nice. So we're excited. Premiere is September 21st. I, I, I want a show where, yeah, it doesn't matter if you're on the left or the right, that you could uh, tune in and, and get some info and some knowledge, you know? Hey, yeah, And not just that. We're going to have fun, too. Like I said, yeah. we're going to have musicians. We're going to have right on, comedians. Man. We're going to have really fun guests to talk about life because life just isn't the X's and O's of medicine, right? Life is about kind of parenting and kids and stress. We're going to talk about how people are dating during COVID sure. uh, books, great books that you should read uh, to, to take a time out. So it's going to be a full big show. All right. And, uh, how about, how about you know, this? Give me one great book to read right now. Besides yours, Dr. Ian Smith. <laughs> <laughs> besides the besides the unspoken uh which i know, haven't I'm read a, yet yeah yeah that's okay uh, uh, i'm a big i'm a big harlan coben fan okay 
So I think if you pick up anything by Harlan Coben, uh, you know, he wrote um, he's, his books are based on uh, The Stranger, which is on Netflix, was huge this summer. OK, um, but his books are fast or based in Jersey. They're twists and turns. And um, so look up Harlan Coben, check out some of his stuff. All right. Very nice. And a couple things. So you were talking about kids in there. I felt sorry for my kids because they're, you know, they're online learning. And uh, I was thinking about their experience and how it's going to be different than mine because they're not going to the actual school anytime soon. And you realize that kids really, truly adjust. And they're having a ball already with uh, this year of school online. And they socialize more, I think, because they're stuck uh, in the house, because they really know how to work that iPad. To them, they feel like they're having playdates every single day. You know, I, I walk into the room and there's just a party going on. They, they're, they're all on uh, either Minecraft or road, uh, roadblocks. And they're all in there. You know, there are days there's like 10 of them and they're just socializing, having the time of their lives. So I feel like kids do know how to adjust and they understand that this is their norm. It's not your norm. I think that's the problem with parents. You you want your kids to live the life you had. You know what I mean? And, and you're like, why the fuck aren't they outside riding bikes and stuff? To them, that means nothing. It meant everything to us because we didn't have our phones and, and yeah. social media and whatnot. To them, they'd much rather be on an iPad and I honestly, as a parent, you know, we try to, you know, we try to uh, make sure they're not on all day, but, but that's their life, you know, no matter what. And it's, and it's, and it is very different than ours. Yeah. Well, in my house, it's all about balance, right? So, you know, you can't throw away electronics. Electronics are so ingrained in, in how things operate now. So my kids use electronics like any of the kids, but they're definitely limited. Yeah. Um, they have to do other things like actually, you know, read good books, go outside, play. It's everything because you want to teach your kids about the balance of life. Uh, but remember, these are different times and different circumstances. So you got to loosen up a little bit. You can't be as rigid, um, you know, but kids are resilient, by the way. And that's, you yeah. know, if we look to our kids sometimes and see how they're responding, some of them are, you know, they're having stressed out times, oh, understandably, sure. but, but they're resilient, you know, and yeah. and we should look to them sometimes for admiration. Uh, not just for admonishing them, you know? Yeah, I, I got to go back to the vaccine thing really quickly because it's very important because uh, Trump's announcing it's going to be out soon and other people are like, eh, maybe the first quarter of 2021, but sooner or later we're going to have this vaccine, uh, much sooner than later, which is, you know, scary like we like we talked about. But if that vaccine comes out, let's say, by the end of this year, 2020, would you, Dr. Ian Smith, take it? And what would it take for you to actually say, yeah, I think I, I, I could do this? I will only take the vaccine once I've seen the studies, I've seen the data, yeah. and I've read about how it's formulated, what it's formulated with, and what the trials and studies look like. That's the only way I'll take it. I'm excited that it's going to happen. Yeah. I want it to happen like anybody else, but I'm going to be very cautious about it. And we're going to cover all this on my show because I think people need to – this is one of those cases – where you need to read first. Don't just read the headlines uh, and take, you know, a politician's word on it. You got to really look at what the experts say. And there are a lot of very um, uncompromised experts who still have their integrity and credibility um, who will give us the truth about it. And that's what I'll do. Perfect. Hey, I got to run to do this. Uh, to do this other interview for uh, for but, the premiere, but uh, what do you mean you have to run? This is me got, and you, bro. I know it's you and me. But I, listen, I, I, the, I didn't even talk is, about Black Lives Matter with you because we we left off uh, with I, that in May. I gotta leave. I gotta leave something in the tank. What? The, I mean, what I'm the, gonna I'm gonna come back. Okay. You're coming on my show okay. ASAP. Okay. And we'll come back and do another one. Uh, I say when you go. <laughs> 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 all 
Oh my, my god! You know <laughs> I love you, Doctor um, Ian Smith. It's always fun chopping up with you, man. man. Seriously, I love chopping up and uh, yeah, you're the real deal. Uh, the quick plug for the TV show: it starts the 21st of September. And where do they uh, get to check it out? Yeah, check your local listings. It's Monday through Friday. Um, and you know, send me a DM if you have some topics you want at Doctor Ian Smith. Okay. Spell the doctor out, Ian Smith. I love you, man. Let's talk soon. You got it, Doctor Ian All Smith. Right, Thanks, Take brother. Care. That was good. Oh, you, you and you hang up on me? We can't even have the small chat? Oh, forget it. Carl, take it away.